When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Borrowing Army and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me. My guest this week is a legendary hip-hop producer and one half of Atmosphere, Ant, who spoke to me about his spark, Herbie Hancock's genre-defining album, Future Shock. As regular listeners of this show will know, I grew up in the Twin Cities, and Atmosphere is uh, from Minneapolis, so um, I have been cheering them on throughout their entire career. They are a vital part of the Minneapolis hip-hop scene, and um, yeah, this was very cool for me. And also, Ant has such a deep personal connection to this album, which, as we all know, makes for a much, much more interesting episode of this show. So... How about we jump right in? Quick Atmosphere Facts. Atmosphere is an American hip-hop duo from Minneapolis, Minnesota, consisting of rapper Slug and DJ and producer Ant. Since its formation in 1996, the group has released 13 studio albums and 10 extended plays. As a producer, Ant has worked with many other artists, mostly from Rhymesayers Entertainment, the independent label co-created by Atmosphere. He has also released two solo albums. Atmosphere will be back on tour starting April 10th, and you can buy your tickets right now. Quick Future Shock facts. Future Shock is the 35th album by American jazz pianist Herbie Hancock, released in August 1983 by Columbia Records. It was the first release from his electro-funk era and is an early example of instrumental hip-hop. Rocket, the album's big hit, was accompanied by one of the most successful music videos of the era. The video featured dancing robots moving around to the beat of the music and the turntable scratching. Hancock won several MTV Music Awards in 1984, as well as the Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance. And there you have it. Let's get down to business. Here comes my chat with Ant about Future Shock.
Can you remember hearing Future Shock for the first time, being turned on to it, any of that stuff, even if it's just a general idea of when that happened? A general idea was probably on the radio, but I believe it was played around my house too. My dad was a, a, a kind of a record collector and he was really into, uh, he was starting to get into jazz fusion at that time. So there was a combination and I was 13 when it came out. So strong time in your life, right? You're very influenced by things. So yeah, hearing that and every and being associated with my dad and all that. Yeah. That's how I hear. I remember it. But you know, I just to just to just to kind of say too, like uh, when when setting up for this, doing this interview, when we did the, you know, uh, what what sparked me, and there's, you know, there's a million things that spark you to do what you do, right? Mm. And um, and I was like, I went through my list, like good, bad, and the ugly, escape from New York, and it's already been done or whatever. Or whatever. I was like, oh man, really? I was like really surprised. <laughs> and then I was like, well what i started running i wasn't like running running out but i was like what was the and i was like there's probably never been more an uh influential thing for me really the the true essence of why i do music is the herbie hancock video mm. as a live performance video and i don't know if i'm going to ahead or anything but i just need to say that to get to the point of why this record is a big deal seeing the live concert footage of Herbie Hancock's rocket tour that officially changed my life. You know, it made when seeing DST on stage that the, the DJ that he had that Herbie Hancock had, because at the time no one knew anything about that stuff really, or most people didn't, you know? Mm. So anyway, that single handedly changed my life. So that record is a big deal to me, even though I, it didn't hit me at first that that was one of the main things that really got me going. You know what I mean? I don't know how I, it's just kind of like out of sight, out of mind or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so to, to dig in a little bit more to that connection, like how do you remember seeing that the performance video for the first time? And like, that was that I'm assuming that's after you've heard the record before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah the, the funny thing about the record too, is like, like I said too, I was 13 when it came out and rocket was a, became a big thing somehow on radio. And I remember it even at roller rinks. So I'd go to the roller rink, you know what I mean? And um, that was a big song then. And, uh, you know, it's nothing like being 13 and uh, having this really strange song, you know, just be all in your in your world. And then um, then when I when I did hear the album, though, I was like, what what is this? You know, it's not quite like the rap music I've been listening to. There wasn't a whole lot of rap music at the time, but I would. And granted, I'm just getting into music probably in 82 when I was 12, you know what I mean? So what do I know? In the, in the art of scratching, you know, Flash had a, had a record out um, called uh, The Official Adventures of Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel, which is probably the most important hip-hop record to me, uh, for me, and that was that. But I didn't really know what was going on in it. There was no, I was too young or... I just couldn't, it just didn't get it. I don't think anybody could really understand it. And then Malcolm McLaren had a record come out called Buffalo Gals. And that's when I found out, oh, that's scratching? Oh, and I didn't even know what that meant. You know what I mean? Like I, I knew it was something to turntables and records, but we didn't, is a needle like that? I, who knows? Right. There's no video of this. You know what I mean? Who knows, right? Mm. So it's just finding out the pieces of information in time and seeing, and finally seeing the rocket video 
along with uh, Wild Styles Grandmaster Flash part, but actually seeing the um, the Rocket live, I was like, okay, that's oh my goodness! I want to know how to do that. Mm. I want to be great at that. How do you do that? You know, and um, I've been chasing that ever since. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's like there's so many layers of stuff here because I talk a lot on this show about like the pre-internet era, the pre-digital uh, era and how, you know, you hear something like that on the radio and you can't just look it up the way that people can now. I mean, this is fucking obvious, but um, having those kind of mysteries in your head, uh, I can, you know, remember hearing songs on the radio and being like, Oh, when am I going to hear this song again? Like I didn't, I don't know who that was. They didn't say who it was and I need to know just simple things like that, but trying to deconstruct like how those sounds are made and when it sounds that are new, the things that people haven't experienced before and with hip hop generally and scratching in particular, it was so localized. It was something that was like coming out of parties, not something that was, you know, uh, anything that anybody had heard before, anything that anybody had experienced before. And something like Rocket, you know, I guess it it's referred to as like the first hit song with scratching in it. Yes. And kind of bringing those sounds to the mainstream. But again, until you see that performance footage, like, you know, the, the uh, Grammy performance or the um, MTV Music Award performance, seeing what that that is all about, how those sounds are made and seeing it as a performance as well, that it's not just, you know, somebody concentrating it, somebody like trying to turn it into a show. Yeah, yeah. So combining all of that stuff, this like not new technology, but a new way of using this technology with putting it on display in public for the masses in, in some of the earliest times. It's like really, really exciting stuff. Yeah. And it's these pivotal records, these moments in like music history, especially contemporary music history, where you can point to like the specific songs, the specific performances that it, it made things explode, that helped people to understand um, these art forms that everybody now is like we couldn't do without them. Yeah, it's just, it's so it's so strange, you know. I was I'm so happy that I I was around for that, you know, just to experience it in that way. And uh, you know, funny thing, just that I had a little funny little anecdote about uh, uh, hearing things on the radio and be like, oh, when I'm going to catch it again, especially if you weren't if you didn't record it or something. Like you know, I used to try to record stuff off radio, but uh, I remember one time I was I don't know if it was Rocket or Sucker MCs or what it was, but. Uh, I called in the radio station to request a song, and I was like 13, you know what I mean? Like, what am I doing? And I requested a song that was playing on this, um, already playing. And, and the guy's like, it's on right now. You know, this is so silly, you know what I mean? Those days are just so silly. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And you know, the, the rocket thing too was like, the way all of the scratching was used is very musical, especially if we listen now very percussive and musical way so ahead of its time and the live footage the live concert footage you know he's using effects situations on stage that are pretty unique you know especially obviously for the time as well so it's just so so crazily groundbreaking to me and um the whole album right there's a couple of songs obviously that you know the whole thing is kind of dated in, in a lot of ways but there's moments where there's a song called earthbeat and it's just 
it's still just amazing to me. It, all the way the scratching is used as a percussion, you know. And I think even at the time when I first heard it, I didn't even realize that's what that was, you know. Mm-hmm. And so seeing, you know, like I said, seeing the video, the, the footage, I was like, oh my gosh. And to this day, you know, I, I play on stage with a, a group called Atmosphere. And um, I, to this day, I have techniques that I have re- I got off of that video from DST. And as a matter of fact, I don't even need to do it. Like the, the, he scratches on the side of the ter- on the side of the record like that and he just kneels down and he goes like it's totally unnecessary. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but because that's what's in my brain, I probably do that every show at some point. <laughs> and there's no reason for it. It's just the I'm just being transported to my youth at that moment. (laughs) Right. But, you know, it is performance. It's like it's showmanship. It's it's using your skills and uh, using them in a way that makes people excited, that shows that, you know, gives the uh, uh, visual representation of the excitement of hearing it. Which is amazing. It's it's part of the magic of like um, you know going to shows and and feeling like the person who you're watching is including you and is is you know wanting you to feel their excitement too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's crazy too. Like the you know that album too has all these um, all it's very synthesized heavy and all that stuff and uh, the, the modern sounds of the time, the drum sounds and the live concert footage. You know, they're using weird drum sounds, like from <laughs> like more uh, synthetic sounding drums. And um, it's tough to listen to in some ways, but it's beautiful in another. And just what went into these things back then is just pretty amazing. Just like the idea that that, that even became a hit. How is that even possible? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, how it's impossible to have an instrumental hit pretty much, you know, let alone something that sounded like that. It's, it's just, yeah, I just think about that. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I think at least part of it is the dawning of the MTV era and that video. Yeah. That can't be understated. That cannot be understated. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that video that has like, you know, these uh, cyborg mannequins, whatever, kicking around. Yeah. And then just Herbie Hancock on, you know, TV. So it's kind of like picture in picture style stuff that all of that was groundbreaking, but also these sounds that people hadn't heard before and it's like automatically you know it's not like beethoven having a hit <laughs> on the radio or something yeah, 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 it's yeah, it's yeah. something new totally yeah 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 it's wild too because he already had a he was already in the in the jazz world for over 20 years already right he was already you know did groundbreaking things i mean he still he still is you know but uh it's pretty he's pretty impressive i mean no, i talked a lot about dst right now because uh, that's what really made me do what I do to this day. Obviously, I started off DJing and I became a producer, and that's what I—that's what I consider myself good at, really. But um, when I think about Herbie Hancock, though, that's just a whole different. That's—it's not even—it doesn't even make sense to me. Somebody that brilliant, you know, I can't even comprehend him. So right, and rolling out my uh, factoids, um, he was forty-three years old. This was his 35th album. I didn't even realize that. And the, to, to start out, you know, he was a jazz player who the foundation of the work that he did was jazz as you would expect to hear it when you hear that word. And then 
progressing with his music, you know, working with Miles Davis and being really influenced by that, you know, he, he points to Bitches Brew as like a huge yeah, yeah. Uh, source of inspiration for him because he saw Miles pushing the ja- the form of jazz and, and seeing what could happen with that. But then saying to him himself, like he, he wants to make jazz music, but he also is so curious about music generally and appreciates musical evolution and is like, you know, I, oh, funk is uh, something that appeals to me. I'm going to try some of that. Disco appeals to me. I'm going to try some of that. Yeah, yeah. And it isn't this cynical cash grab. It's like this genuine love for music and especially black music, seeing the possibilities of how black music was become, you know, becoming infused in American culture, in global culture and wanting to be a part of that and always wanting to be at the forefront of whatever was happening. And this, this record, uh, Future Shock, the, you know, the foundations of it were there before he got involved, but putting his name on it was the thing that really got it out there. And his playing adds this, you know, extra dimension that really solidifies everything. And that's the thing, one of the things that really sticks in people's minds. Brilliant. Like in- incredible, incredible man. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really is. I I, I can't say enough about him too. Uh, you know, and like my dad used to play his music when I was a kid, like the Headhunter stuff. And that was also very influential too. Like the, the Headhunters record in, pati- in specific uh, had the quicka sound. It was, at least I th- think that's what you call it. And it's like a percussion instrument that sounds kind of like a monkey. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I used to just hear that as, as when that came out, I was like five or six. So hearing that was more like, oh, what, a, you know what I mean? Just more of a different kind of wonderment. Mm. And then, uh, and my dad was big on, uh, his pre- his records that came out after that, when when Herbie was starting to get into the vocoder stuff in the, in the disco ish kind of boogie stuff, liked all that, you know. So I don't know. I I I love that guy, you know. Yeah, and he's just he's just been a big part of my childhood. Time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be right back. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And seeing that concert footage, you know, him... Changed my whole world. Yeah, him him standing on stage, you know, wearing what I can only describe as spectacles. Like, they're not just glasses. They're these, like, you know, (laughs) wire-rim, kind of, like, middle-agey looking glasses, but still looking really cool. And in a lot of these live performances of um, Rocket in particular, playing whatever the official name of a guitar is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but just like really playing it like an electric guitar and just looking like he is having the time of his life. Really, yeah, just like yeah, yeah. in it. Just there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I liked when you said earlier too about the the whole, like he was doing these things and it didn't seem, it would seem like a very genuine thing and it wasn't about the money or anything like that. I never got that impression from him either. I just thought he was just exploring music. Matter of fact, I heard him do an interview once where he said something like uh he heard the malcolm mclaren record mm. like someone played it for him and he was like yeah i want to use that stuff and what a what a cool thing to even acknowledge mm. that he heard it 
he heard it there of all places yeah <laughs> you know and uh because i'm big on that record too that i i love i absolutely uh i love that uh do you like scratching from Malcolm mclaren mm. um and all the DJs from my era that started out, that were younger teenagers when this came out, every single one of them will recognize that Rocket was probably the number one influence for all a lot of us because it was the only thing that we saw all of kind of at, at the same time, you know, because of because it was a hit song, and so you saw even a little bit of footage. If you didn't see the concert footage, you saw either American Music Awards or whatever, you know. So yeah, what a uh, what a great groundbreaking thing and very influential to a lot of a lot of people yeah it, it is interesting to me thinking of um the things that kind of bubble up to the surface or the things that were the most prominent at the time in terms of like the history of hip-hop becoming you know the the dominant musical form in um in the world and things like you know malcolm mclaren if you had to choose a person in the world who you would say yeah. is, uh, you know, a really important part of the foundations of hip hop. He would not be my first choice. No, no, no. And you know, it's no, like no. Blondie and Rapture or something like that, where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's the same know, kind De of thing. Debbie Harry yeah. again, not my first choice for someone who yeah, is, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. laying those foundations. And it's but. like, yeah, it didn't even seem like Malcolm McLaren had any kind of real musical talents necessarily. He just, no. was, I think he was just great at putting people together. You know, obviously, right? Obviously, he, he did you know so but yeah what a weird amazing thing to happen because without him who knows where everything lines up at the time mm -hmm. you know and maybe it takes a little longer maybe something gets forgotten but it always takes it always takes somebody out there to just like push it push it along help it along you know right and somebody on the other side of the world from where all this stuff is happening you know exactly yeah someone with a little more power or clout or whatever mm -hmm. yeah and always takes a little bit yeah. And just an, an ear, you know, I, that, it's like what you're saying, like he's good at bringing people together, but I think he was also good at spotting trends. I mean, I think the, the opposite of Herbie Hancock, it was all about making money, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think Herbie cared about that at all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess, you know, again, focusing on, on Herbie Hancock, he's, he's in his eighties now and yeah, yeah. just doesn't stop. And is somebody who, you know, I'm speculating, speculating a little bit. I don't, you know, have any personal connection to him, but seems like the kind of person who just loves what he does and is not interested in stopping and wants to just, uh, keep exploring. And he's, you know, that curiosity has never left him, which is, you know, something I aspire to. It's, you know, I never, yeah, I do. I really do too. I'm, you know, I really, I, I can only imagine if just to still care the same way after all this time that. It'd be wonderful, you know, so. Right. I mean, I still do. I'm, I'm 53. I've been doing this a long time myself. I mean, that's like, you know, 40 years almost now mm. since that. You know what I mean? So I love it just the same. It's, you know, it's, it's had its up, uh, peaks and valleys, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm still all about it. Yeah. I I have this... um you know, I, I'm like a, an audiophile, a cinephile, like a consuming, I mean, that's what this show is all about, but I, you know, I'm very interested in staying on top of these things and thinking about losing, like getting to a point. I know people who said, you know, oh, when I had my third kid, I just couldn't handle keeping up with new music anymore. And now I have like my 10 things that I listened to in high school and that, that's my music and I don't really know what's going on yeah. in, in the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. 
who cares? Sure. If that's what makes you happy, fine. I, that is like my worst nightmare. I don't want to ever stop uh, consuming, like, you know, hearing new musical forms and being engaged with them or figuring out what they are and whatever. And that's what, you know, Herbie Hancock is in my mind is somebody who's just like so open and yeah. that's so exciting to me. It's so, it's like, yeah, again, like I said, it's, it's, that's what I aspire to. Yeah, me too. I, I, I think that makes a rich life. It has to, you know, it just, uh, I probably am not as in tune to new music as I once was, but I'm still in the mix. I'm still hearing anything that I can, you know, of all the new, new people, but there's so much nowadays, you know, it's so, there's so much, it's hard to keep up with everything, you know? Yeah. And I can be a grumpy old man about stuff too. I mean, in in particular, when it comes to hip hop, I'm like the like nineties and early two thousands were the that was the golden age for me and anything beyond yeah. that, you know, I'll have my select things, but, um, yeah, you know. yeah. There's moments though, where I do believe that this, this last five years or so is some of the best music mm. that's ever been made. I, there, I do, as weird as it might sound, I do think that, especially in rap in some ways, it's like, cause they, nowadays you have, you can do everything everything is available like there's all the style all so many different styles to get into that's not just two or three things like it had been in the past it's like almost any style is acceptable and i think that's a great thing yeah you know and acceptable and accessible it's like you know yeah yeah that's a good word kids uh, in my day you know you had to you bought records you listened to the radio whatever and that was your world, your kind of sphere of influence and anything else was dictated to you by record companies saying, here's what's on MTV. These are the 20 songs we're playing right now. That's what you yeah. get. And now <laughs> yeah. people can explore whatever they want from their bedroom, basically for free. Yep. On their own. Yep. So great. So great. I love it. Yeah. And that extends to making music. And that's another thing is like, I can say, oh, hip hop these days is not for me. And it's bullshit because it's, you know, there's a, a sphere of any kind of music that is not going to be for me, but there's so much, it's like an infinite amount of sounds that you can explore. And you just, again, have to be curious. You have to like actively engage with that stuff. And, you know, if you are felled at the first hurdle and, you know, the first thing that Spotify <laughs> sends you, you go, oh, I'm done with that genre. You know, you're going to be lost. Yeah. Like how could you be done with any genre? Right. right. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it the, all of that feels very, very exciting and a little bit overwhelming to me sometimes that, um, there's so, so much to consume. Um, and it can never, I think that was my impulse when I was a kid as well. It was like, I'm going to know everything there is to know about music. I'm going to know every kind of music i'm gonna know every artist i'm like an, uh, an encyclopedia and that's just not possible anymore like there's it's just you know it's uh you can you can never be an expert in in everything i mean i think that was a lesson that i needed to learn regardless but um, yeah yeah yep i'm with you on that <laughs> i used to think that way with like with certain hip-hop like you can't tell me nothing about early hip-hop early 80s hip-hop and then then i've met people like uh yeah, kevin beecham or cut chemist or people like that and then i'm like oh wait a minute i don't know anything <laughs> it's like you know there's always something to learn yeah and that's exciting too i mean like i think just not being threatened by uh by those situations where you know i mean you can have a little bruised ego or whatever but then just going okay sure, yeah. you got something to teach me let's hear it but uh yeah watching that uh performance uh other rocket band that period of performance that like in incorporating 
so many different kinds of bells and whistles and trying to like it, seeing the the guys who are like sort of uh avatars for the mtv video mannequins but like actual people like popping and locking on stage and um like all these different things going on at the same time and just everybody has these expressions on their faces like they're having the time of their life and yeah that kind of stuff is so exciting too and the joy of like live performance not just uh music on the radio or or on tv is another thing that i'm like trying to commit myself to uh continuing to experience although as i get older i'm like warier of crowds and um young 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 whippersnappers jumping around on me um yeah still staying engaged with that stuff too is, is important to me you know there there was one thing too about the uh about in the uh concert footage dst had like a little section of where like a solo more or less right before the rocket song comes on and he mixes uh rocket and um wild style by uh by time zone and the way he's doing it is like just this quick mix thing that i know never seen before i've heard things before but i never seen it so watching it and then i learned how to do it and it and i learned it kind of fast once because i had the two records that he used so i was like hot and i figured it out pretty fast and then i would do it in front of people and they would they would lose they would I'd blow their minds. So the validation I received at 13, by this time, 14 years old or so, even from like, let's say my dad, that the strength of that just made me more committed to this is what I'm going to do with my life. You know what I mean? That part's hilarious to me too. Now that I have kids and stuff, I'm I'm like, what's going to be their spark? Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine what it could be. Right. And you know, not everybody gets one too sometimes, you know, that's scary, you know, so, but that's life, right? Right. And, you know, maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll be uh, sparked by something uh, you, you play for them, or maybe it'll be, uh, I don't know, Garth Brooks. Yeah. 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 You never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that is a, a lovely note to finish on. Thank you so much. This is, this has been great. This has been so much fun. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Such a great conversation. Thanks again to Ant for making time for me. You can and should catch Atmosphere on tour this spring, and they will be hitting the road on April 10th. Okay, quick spark of the week from me. Tierra Wack released a new video for her single Shower Song, and it is so brilliant and ridiculous and catchy and stupid and... I love it so much, and I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, Look, it's annoying when people get described as one of a kind, because it's kind of reductive and a little meaningless, but she fucking is. Like, ugh. She is just one of the most exciting musicians in the world right now, and I cannot cope. Also, Cypher, that documentary about her that I saw and loved at Tribeca last year is on Hulu now, and you should also watch that because it is amazing and totally bonkers. And that's about it for this week. Please follow me on social media at Spark Parade. Please rate the show five stars and leave me a little cute review wherever you can. And until next time, bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.